You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Jordan here. Stadium time is 8.15 p.m. Central Standard Time. Barner, sing, are you listening? Didn't get Lane. Hope we still get somebody. We signed a new coach. He's better than most. Let's get the Bill Harson, Brian Harson era going tonight. Making this out on the fly, guys. Your digital audio device is tuned into the Orange and True podcast. Harbored by CollegeMagnolia.com. Greetings and salutations, Orange and Truthers. I'm Drew Croson at Senecrow2 on Twitter, at Senecrow on Venmo. Via the internet to one side of me, on the call, we've got Ryan Starrett at Ryan S. Starrett. The S stands for... Stoked about this hire. Now we're talking. For, for B. Ryan Harson. Brian Harson? B. Ryan. B. Ryan. No, my, I mean, the... It's got my name in it, so I assume it's pronounced the same way. Sure. Mm. To the other side of me, giving you full Fort Payne ASMR. A man who's playing Christmas Time in Dixie by the band Alabama. The AU Chief. Practice, man. We're talking about practice. We're talking about practice. Not a game. Not a game. All right. And also joining us on tonight's call. This is going to be a fun Christmas variety special. In which we get some people on that maybe we haven't heard from, maybe we've never heard from. The guy who's been behind the ones and twos, making the magic happen, the editor-in-chief of collegeofmagnolia.com, the person that you can complain to, unless you Venmo at Senecrote on Twitter, $1. It's Jack Condon. Uh, in true George Costanza fashion, we only bring you out for the important meetings. Exactly. <laughs> it's great having Ryan Gosling on these calls. Mm. Man. If you, you know, had, I don't think the Skype camera, my, I don't think front-facing camera really gives me that, uh, does justice to that comparison, but I'll, I'll take it any time it's thrown Put out. the sunglasses on, you'll be fine. If Cliff Kingsbury yeah. is the Xerox copy of Ryan Gosling, Jack Condon is the Xerox copy of the picture of Cliff Kingsbury right. that was copied from Ryan. That's, he's, he is that one... Uh, GIF, GIF of Cam Newton saying it's an ongoing investigation that we've all been resharing and resharing and resharing until now. Oh, it's like yeah. One bit saying <laughs> yeah. it. He is that of Ryan Gosling, which is true. I, which is more than the, I am. He's not, the, he's not the one bit. He's a few more bits. Hey, man, it's better than I am. <laughs> how many bits can you, I don't know how many bits you can have to, to be accurate, but, but I'll, I'll, I don't know. Someday I'll come 50? up with, with doppelgangers for all of you guys, too. I have one in mind for Crow, but I'll. I'll save that for a later time. Yeah. Is it like Sergey out of the (laughs) Serbian mob or something like that? I don't know any of those people. I was once told I look like Roger Federer, and I don't. So I don't know. (laughs) I also 
have been told I look like John Mayer, and I don't really either. Were, so I don't, were you wearing a tracksuit at the time that uh, you were told you looked like Roger No, it was Federer. draped in the Swiss flag. So maybe that was maybe that uh, was what I did. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> I, I really think it might be more of um, you're like a younger, more svelte version of um, uh, David Harbour, Hopper from Stranger Things. That's, oh, yeah. I've, I've yeah. actually heard that one before, too. Yeah. There we go. There we yeah. go. I get, a lot, of, a, I get a lot version. of the doppelgangers. He's a skinny version of David Harbour. Is what yeah. I think it's because I look really average white guy. And so mm-hmm. I get a lot of, hey, you know, you look at this other white guy? Yeah, I know. Yeah. We kind of look alike. You might have punched a federal agent in Georgia at one point. Yeah. Well, we have that in common. All right. <laughs> also joining us, the harbinger of good hoops tidings, the ghost of Hoopsmith's present, Will McLaughlin, the doctor. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. <laughs> <laughs> I think by that, you are not talking about. Auburn point guard Shreve Cooper, because we don't have him on the court as of yet. No, definitely not. But we Baby do steps. have him in practice, though. And and I will say, based on the game I watched today, wearing team-issued gear on the sideline. Mostly. Mostly. Yeah, so, if there's yeah, one so, thing he's missing of the team gear, and it's the shoes, because he's wearing slippers. Well, let me tell you something, Ryan. Ryan. It could be worse. <laughs> What was the kid's name, the white kid from Georgetown that was the transfer that we wanted? Oh, uh, Mac McClung. Okay, so I watched a Texas Tech game in which he was playing. And Texas Tech, as you know, is a full Under Armour school. Homeboy was playing in Nikes. And I don't know how that happens. (laughs) But they were all white Nikes that he had. I mean, they were white on white on white. But he fell on the ground and his feet were up. And you could see the soles of them. Yeah, Nike soles, big swoosh. No, I mean, what Under Armour can't afford lawyers to go after him, anyways. So I mean, yeah, yeah. Drake Why not just, on your Instagram. Let's just you start, want. My dude is wearing Nikes at your school. Let's just start slapping uh, uh, jump mans on our uh, over the top of our Under Armour things on our jerseys and. Uh, hey man, see they what actually aren't. I think by getting rid of some of the schools they got rid of, they're actually going to be okay financially. Ah, damn it. <laughs> Especially because they're going to about to sell a lot of whatever new coach Brian Harson decides to wear on the side sideline. Anybody know? Oh, yeah. Is he a got, is he a hoodie guy? He's a shacket guy. He's got to be right. He seems like a shacket guy, right? Yeah, uh, I think he's a uh, he's long sleeves just because you know Idaho. up in Idaho it's a little chilly. But. Yeah, let's have to change that. I mean, Tuberville did that because he was worried about the sun and liberals. Um, <laughs> you know, Harson, he's not going to, he's going to have a, like a change of heart when he has to deal with like a September 11 a.m. kick and it's a thousand degrees. Have and you seen this man's biceps? He better be wearing a tank top. He's yoked. Yeah. He needs to show off the guns. So, uh, maybe he'll go sleepless. I'm looking he's at pictures off, of him. Cut off shirt on the sideline. When he worked for Mac, Mac, down here in Texas, he was wearing polo shirt and long sleeve shirt underneath. In Texas, well, it gets cold in Austin in, in the in the late 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 fall. Yeah, in the late in the late season, sure. in the bleak midwinter. Yeah, I'm looking at pictures now. He's, he's got a variety. He's like a hoodie guy. He's a polo guy. He's like a quarter zip guy. Oh, Under Armour's gonna love that. Uh, yeah, no, Under Armour Under Armour's gonna want him to have a look though. Oh, you think they want to have a brand? Yeah, 
All right, Brian. They don't mind the if he switches it up, but it's got to be within a certain, you know, frame. He's got to have everybody's already got their jacket and their visor and their sweater vest, so it's gonna be something different. I hope that he goes like full on tracksuit, and not just because I'm wearing a full on tracksuit currently, but I hope I was that's just what gonna say doing. a suit. No, I want to bring God. back a suit. Actually, Al Golden looked like a fool on the sidelines. Yeah, he so did. Let's not do that. So Brian we'll Harson, go with the uh, like the so basketball warm white shirts, orange striped tie. Oh uh, yeah, I love that look, man. That's yeah, cool. Terry Bowden, guys. Yeah, but again, gold exact same body types. Here's what I remember about him here in, in when he was the OC at Texas. He was first of all co-OC, yet he called the plays because his co-OC was a guy named Major Applewhite who oh okay didn't. To call him a figurehead is a bit generous to the Queen of England. Um, I forgot Major Applewhite was the Texas OC for for a, a second for a year ish. Yeah, yeah. he um, Ryan Major Applewhite was a uh, uh, <laughs> quarterback at the University of Texas. It's better to call him a talisman, famous for handing off to Ricky Williams. Yes, yes. when he was at <laughs> when he was the OC, Ryan Ricky Williams was a guy that loved <laughs> weed. Loved. Um, I thought he just was. Well, yeah. Guys, when Brian was the OC at Texas. Sorry. This was during the days in which anytime the Horns were having a bad time during the game, they would show Major Applewhite on the sidelines on the Jumbotron mm-hmm. just as a calming <laughs> presence to the fan base because he was so beloved. Okay, guys, it's a, it's fine. Major's here. Major's gonna be. We're gonna be okay. We got the major on the sidelines. Okay, he's gonna pull us through. And that that was the the reasoning for him being there was he was this now, like coaching talisman for the for the fan base. Correct me if I'm wrong. He did not win a national championship, did he? One billion percent correct, Chief. What, so, and if you ask a Longhorns fan, but he fan, never lost to Oklahoma, I'm sure. When so, you ask a Longhorns fan about Major Applewhite, they will bring up Chris Sims because mm. Chris Sims lost the Big 12 championship against yeah. Colorado. Chris when, Sims sucked. When the Horns were wildly favored and the number two team in the nation had already lost that day. So all the Horns had to do was just beat a terrible Colorado team in the Big 12 championship, and they are the number two team in the nation and going to. Mm-hmm. I want to say the first BCS ever, but I might be wrong. That was no. when Kansas State was going to go, and they lost, and it ended up being Tennessee and Florida State. That That's right. That's right. So this was a couple of years later, and Chris Sims threw like three or four interceptions against Colorado. Yeah. But Chris Sims was like the much more NFL polished. Chris Sims was Jared Stidham. He was every single thing – on paper, okay. you absolutely want your quarterback to be, and it got him drafted in the NFL. He had an NFL career, whereas Major Applewhite did not play one snap in the NFL. Not one. Look, I, I think we've got enough slander of the uh, South Alabama offensive coordinator right now. <laughs> Meanwhile, the guy actually doing the offense of a really good Texas team was Brian Harrison, who is Harson. Harson. Be right. Auburn's new head coach. Hopefully by the time he takes his first game, I'll be able to pronounce his name. <laughs> Harrison Harson. Harson. Brian Harson. Brad Harrison. <laughs> <laughs> so what do we know about him at Boise, Ryan S. Starrett? 
Oh, I know. I know. I know. Boise forever. What do you know, Chief? He won 69 games. Nice. Yeah, he did. (laughs) (laughs) So he's from Boise. He went to Boise, played quarterback at Boise. Um, Was gone for a year to go be an assistant coach at Eastern Oregon and then was back at Boise in 2001 for like the next 10 years as an assistant. Uh, Then, as you said, Crow, he went over to Texas for a couple years, uh, replaced Gus at Arkansas State as the head coach. That was his first head coaching job. And then uh, went back to Boise for the last seven years. So he's kind of going to be out of his element, I think. I think that's what a lot – one of the only concerns people have is – he has no recruiting ties to the Southeast. Well, Arkansas State's uh, in the Southeast, Ryan. <laughs> For uh, about 10 months. Just in the Southeast? One thing. Yeah, uh, we don't really uh, recruit Texas, though. I mean, until <laughs> Texas A&M is yeah. in the Southeastern Conference, Ryan Starrett. I'm saying we don't really recruit Texas until Chad Morris the, got here, and I don't the, think Chad Morris is going to stay. No. Yeah, I doubt that. Um, I, um, joining us, he's also big into drag racing. Oh, throw that out he'll there. fit right in. Joining us via Skype, the War Eagle Reader's own, Jerry Hinnon. Jerry, how are you? Uh, I'm doing better, less stressed now. There we go. I think that probably goes for basically everyone with any kind of even a passing interest in Auburn football. I mean, reading like college football Twitter, I got the sense that like even various neutrals were sort of uh sympathetically sort of on edge about what was going on with this coaching search so to have it behind us um just to have it done i mean you know uh if they had hired you know i don't know um steve ensminger as head coach like it turned out that he was from LSU, auburn's head coach you know i think the feeling of relief might have been a little bit lessened, but there would still be that feeling of relief. It's like, oh, okay, well, Steve Ensminger's the head coach. Okay, well, at least they hired somebody. Uh, <laughs> you know, so have relief and have it, in fact, be, um, you know, a quality hire. Certainly a guy who we can say I think is a better head coaching candidate than Steve Ensminger, um, you know, is a very good feat, very good thing. I'm feeling pretty good. I think the whoever I care I don't even know who it was on Twitter because every day feels like a thousand days. So um, somebody on Twitter a couple days ago, maybe it was today, basically said like, "I just wish that they would hire somebody so everyone would quit looking at us." And I think <laughs> that was like exactly my sentiment at the time. Like, yeah, just please, I really am tired of being the talk of college football because we're not doing a good job of it. We actually this turn around we, and let us do our job. Just turn around. Don't look for yeah, it. Please don't look. <laughs> Shy bladders. Yeah, I can't uh, watching me. So. I it, we did it quicker than the last like four hires we've made though. So yeah, the, by last, a day. By the a day. last four hires we've made did not take place within the just cauldron of nonsense that is Auburn Twitter. Well, the Malzahn did. Yeah, but I, Twitter wasn't – Twitter was positive back then almost. Yeah, you're right. There hadn't been as many despots elected via Twitter or um, just nonsense that happened every single day where it felt like everything was going to die. Everyone was going to die soon because of Twitter. It was a more positive place in 2011. Yeah, you're right about that. Well, the other thing I think was with the Malzahn search – 
there was always the sense that it was going to end in Gus Malzahn. Like, yeah, sure. Most obvious candidate uh, in that search from the very beginning. Um, and, you know, they had the uh, search committee, remember, with Bo, um, you know, whose job it was to sort of go out and find things. But everybody kind of assumed that it was going to settle on Gus when the dust settled. Um, and, you know, there was all the Bobby Petrino talk oh. and, you know, uh, uh, you know, sort of the rumors with that. But, you know, that stuff never had the kind of weight that we sort of saw the rumor mill. Um, you know, the snowball of Bobby Petrino rumors rolled down a much smaller hill than the snowball of Kevin Steele, et cetera, rumors that rolled down the hill that we've, uh, you know, all ridden down the you know, past seven days or whatever. So, I, you know, even though that search took longer, um, it felt like that was done in about eight days, whereas this eight-day search felt like it was done in roughly three years. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, even if in strict chronological measurements uh, this one took longer, um, that's not the way I am going to remember it. You know, the Gus, I think the Gus search was the first time we heard, like, the phrase creators. Is that yes. correct, Brett? I, I'm sorry, Chief, you're, yeah. the, you're the Oracle of Auburn Twitter. Is that correct? Is That was the impetus? Yeah, well, yeah, I think that's where it kind of broke, broke into the open. If you didn't like, if you didn't want Bobby Petrino, you were a creator. Right. Or a creed, creed monster is creed actually monster. the... Uh, I yeah. thought it was Thumper. Thumper. <laughs> I remember, that. I remember the thumpers. <laughs> Gosh. But, you know, I was yeah. disappointed this time. We only had, I only saw one photoshopped image of Bobby Petrino wearing Auburn stuff. Oh. like current photo. Was he and still wearing the, uh, the neck brace? Neck brace. Uh, I hope so. Uh, funny story. In 2012, <laughs> I guess it was, I dressed up as Bobby Petrino after the motorcycle accident mm. and wore that costume to work. And I was the only person who dressed up. Proud. Oh man! <laughs> and Jack, that is. Did it come with a hot intern or? No, it did not. Oh, that's too bad. It's not worth it then. I, I, the bloody face and everything, but I wore the neck brace all day, and it was. <laughs> I just had to go with it after a while. Here's so, to hoping that uh that the new coach Harson gets a uh, a sugar bowl pullover out of this deal at least. Oh, uh, you want some more fun facts about our coach? Before Please. You? Get into yeah, all these I want are is all, fun facts. Uh, looked up by my wife. Uh, he's uh, he's forty four years old. Now we're talking. Uh, so three years older than Pat died when he signed uh, with Auburn. God he bless. Here, yeah. can I can I just maybe it's because I'm nouveau riche Auburn fan and didn't live through the Pat Dye era as an Auburn fan and didn't care about Auburn when he was the coach. I will say that I looked forward to the day in which a player from a coach not named Pat Dye is on a search committee looking for Auburn's coach and that literally every single thing about our new coach is not referenced to a coach two national championship trips ago. Yeah, we got uh we got a few years. These guys are in their fifties. So. I know, but we've been to two we've played in two national championship games since Pat Dye. Anyway, forty four years think, old. Uh, I, I think the the reason you're stuck there is because neither of those guys really changed the actual culture of the program. 
sure. the way that died did. So that's I think true. that's why. But anyway, it didn't need uh, changing as much. He's, uh, he's been married for 22 years. He met his he and his wife met when they were fourteen. They've been together, not just met, since they were fourteen and fifteen years they old. They got married at fifteen years old. No, they didn't get oh. married then. They got married at twenty two and that's some real Idaho old. stuff right there. Man alive, yeah. breaking on so this they, podcast. Been married for a long time, so uh, uh, they've got kids, I believe. Uh, I think he mentioned them in his uh, in his his little quick. Uh, he did. Hey. Uh, he did not, I didn't see anything, any, any thanks to, to the Lord Jesus in, in his statement, which is a, a different angle than we can only assume he's a Scientologist, right? Well, well, <laughs> all right. Uh, going to think about that. I don't know. himself chimes in and, uh, there we go. <laughs> he has the word sin right in his name. Uh, right there. Like the same thing. He's going to say <laughs> Hale's Zorp at the end of his first press conference as head coach. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, those are his. Uh, that's his his quick bio uh, outside of what Ryan already gave us. I'm a big Jesus fan. I think it's I'm I'm okay going on that on that limb. And, Whoa! Yeah, <laughs> I get paid by by Jesus still, and I would go ahead and say I really don't care that he didn't say that, and anybody yeah, who I does care is crazy. Yeah, I don't. I don't really. I don't know. I don't need them. It's oftentimes feels forced when an athlete or a, a coach uh, squeezes God into everything that they have to talk about. Now, I understand some people live their life. Uh, they that's that's how they feel. So that's cool. But uh, I'm okay but if you he have been okay if he if he thanked Auburn Jesus. Well, I think that'd be that'd be awesome. <laughs> he'll come. He'll come to learn know Jesus soon enough. If he if he went full on uh, Big Dave and thanked Auburn Jesus in his Yellowwood manger, <laughs> it'd be even better. <laughs> All if right. He mentioned the words yellow fella. That would have been great. But I just want to thank the yellow fella for riding over here to, to Idaho and talking to me. <laughs> what is the think? first Auburn commercial spot he's going to do? Golden Flake. Golden Flake. It'll be, uh, it'll it'll be F-150 commercial. F-150. He's going to redo the Tuberville one, waving to Fred yes. Beasley, who's in Athens, yes. while Tuberville's in a daytime Jordan Hare. He's going to redo that and get, like, I guess Tank be now with the name, image, and likeness thing going on. You can wave <laughs> Tank along with a bag of sweet heat. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. I hope that's what they do. Oh, Any more fun facts? You, th- you think Brian Brian Harson has ever had a Golden Flake potato chip? No, no. I don't think he's aware of what Golden Flake is. Golly. Uh, well, you don't know Golden Flake? Oh man! Here, I'll be <laughs> honest. I didn't know what Golden Flake was until I got to Auburn because they don't have that in Atlanta. Do we think Jimmy Rain just said, "Hey, give me that Boise coach everybody likes"? Uh, think no. it was Chris Peterson, or uh... no? <laughs> Think Ryan is, is aware of what Boise State is. <laughs> That's where he well, gets all know. his lumber. They may have some lumber I, up there. He just didn't. Trees in Boise was like Napoleon Dynamite, where it was all plains. I thought it was <laughs> like beautiful. Black. Actually, it's beautiful. A lot of potatoes. But it has both uh, plains and mountains. Like I think yeah. you can ski outside of Boise if skiing's your yeah. thing. Um, and yes, there are like lots and lots of potatoes. That's the one thing about Golden Flake is that, you know, maybe because of the whole potato Ooh. thing, Arson is actually a potato chip like connoisseur and knows like all the different brands. Um, you know, like maybe, um, God, what's the, the voodoo brand out of New Orleans? I, I'm Ooh. totally blanking on the name. Those are Zaps uh, and they zaps. are delicious. Yes. 
That's right. I think Voodoo is the the like really good version yeah. of that. Uh, they're like all flavor, right? It's so is good. The, yeah. And they have the craw taters too. Fantastic. Uh, taters. But anyway, nice. so maybe he's familiar with Golden Flake like in his role as ambassador for the state of Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. All right. Before we get Could to be. some breaking news that I just saw on the College of Mag Skype that has nothing to do Slack has something to do with this. We talked a little bit earlier about what we think that our new head football coach, Brad Harspin, is going to be wearing. That's his name, right? Brad Harspin? Uh, Harpin. Yeah. Oh, God. I keep getting Because he's a racing guy, so, you know, come on. Jerry, what do you think Brian Harrison, Harson is going to be wearing on the sideline? Brian Harson. I know his name. <laughs> um, an exact replica of PJ Flex, like, gold oh, tracksuit. From Minnesota, this except is the like it. <laughs> this is great. Orange I, suit guy. That, that would that would be amazing. I I really have no idea. Looking I like think, a member of the Dutch national team on a travel day. That would be. <laughs> um, I mean, like that's my second national team as well. So like I I I can load him my like Netherlands like little sort of track warm up jacket I've got in my closet downstairs, which is now like. Two sizes too small for me. Oh, um, up. We are so, uh, we're big in the Netherlands because I think people think that this podcast has something to do with them. Because the, the Orangeman, the, the Orange and True podcast, we get a couple of listeners from them from the Netherlands every couple of weeks. I well, why not? Uh, every coach we've I, had I, has been very I, unique in their sideline apparel. And by uh, unique, yes. I mean a nightmare in terms of fashion <laughs> in different ways. <laughs> I think we might see the penny. I think it would be great if we continued this trend of honoring previous head coaches where Malzahn wore the die cap this year. If Harson came out and wore the Gus visor. Sure. Like that, that would be awesome as a homage to, you know, the former great. Um, I would enjoy that. I don't know how it would go over with much of the Auburn fan base, but I just personally, Jerry um, would, would, really get a kick out of that i hope he goes full bar field and wears like the weird crazy giant collars and plaid pants like a leisure suit <laughs> like a leisure suit paying homage to doug barfield well, like two years ago about auburn football head coach fashion through the years and barfield may have had the most standout outfits of anybody the man could like, dress i mean the late 70s was a fantastic time so he could he not had, beat alabama but he could dress well, you know, come on. Nobody can be Alabama at that point. Nobody ever said Bear was a fashion plate. Come on. No, he wore a plaid hat that everyone called Hounds to. Later. Yeah. I will say the one uh, the one fashion uniform-related thing I remember Brian Harson for, and it's actually the first time I ever heard of Brian Harson, was when they came to Auburn in 2013 at, at Arkansas State. That's when they wore those gray uniforms that were illegal. That's right. It was a 15-minute or 15-yard penalty to start the game and at the beginning of the second half. Yeah, no we really way. stomped them in that game. We did. Absolutely yeah. crushed them. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, my first uh, game producing the radio broadcast because I did not do the Washington State game, and the producer they had was terrible, and they got me, and then I did that one, and I thought that was a funny note about – the uniforms. That is so, a funny note. Weird. Yes. Maybe anyway, hope, hopefully we don't wear gray uniforms our first game. What if we switch them up? What if we do orange on orange? Bro. Yeah. 
I told, I already mentioned this in the College of Slack. All he has to do to win me over is mention orange jerseys in his introductory press conference. And I am 100% in. <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to fight on the field in blue and white and orange jerseys just for Crow. He has my undying love and support. Guys, okay, so let's talk a little bit X's and O's. Ryan, you're our stats nerd. What do we know about the way that he coaches offensive football? Uh, I'll be honest. I haven't watched much Boise tape outside of just them curb stomping everybody in the Mountain West the last couple of years. Um, I know he's kind of an air raid guy, though, right? I mean a bit. As much as everybody in the Big 12 in the okay. mid-2000s. I, I think it's more of a pro. Um, yeah. I, I don't think it's that far off from uh, old Lane Kiffin, the kind of stuff he runs. I could be way off on that, but I, I think it's not completely dissimilar. It's a it's a attacking more pro style offense than what we have seen in Auburn. In you could be an offensive forever. coordinator giving a press conference right now. I like those yeah. phrases, pro attacking pro. Style. Just tell me it's going to be multiple. Now we're talking. <laughs> we're going to run the ball downhill. We're going to take a little bit of what the defense gives us, but we're going to impose our will on the defense. Uh, I, I'm told he called that uh, the the Statue of Liberty play against Oklahoma. So he was the OC at that point, I believe. Why don't you build the whole offense out of that? That was his first it's, year. Man, that just sounds like some high school bullshit. Just just yeah, run it. Gotcha just and grab run that. It. Oh, gosh. Okay. So, breaking news, and then we'll take a quick commercial break and come back. Um, Tyrell Turbo Jones of the Auburn basketball team has entered the transfer portal. He is a former four-star recruit who could never really find his way on the court for long stretches without Bruce needing needing to talk to him. Um, Not really a point guard and asked to play point guard on a number of occasions in which he really probably shouldn't have and – I hope that he ends up somewhere like Damian Mitchell, Davion Mitchell, where he can have a ton of success. So, so what this uh, I think is sad as you always are to lose somebody. I think what this should probably tell you is that we should expect somebody else to be playing soon. Who would that be? Well, uh, just somebody. I don't know. I would hope so, but also it like Davion Mitchell Mitchell leaving. It means we're going to have a gaping hole at point guard. <laughs> Uh, well, backup point guard in the next couple of years. Because Justin Powell is on draft boards. And if he is yeah. not here and the other guy is not here next year, we don't have a point guard. Yeah. Yeah. We well, yeah, we got one. We don't have a, we don't have a backup. We'll be kind of in the same boat where we are now. Whereas if we had Davion Mitchell, we'd be pretty sweet right now. Well, yeah. It'd be really nice senior, to have right? that guy. It'd be a senior, though. Yeah. And then next year, we still have Sharif and Trey Alexander. So, If Sharif is here. I mean, why I wouldn't he be? I think we're going to lose Sharif and Justin Powell out of this class. I, I don't I, – I think Sharif would have to average like 30 a game to go pro. Especially when he gets to look at and see next year of, oh, I could play a year with Jabari Smith. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean – Sharif is an undersized point guard. Now, it's not impossible for me to say, oh, well, he will blow up to the extent that it makes sense for him to leave after one year. Like, you know, if you saw, 
you know, some of the preseason early, early mock drafts, like you could find ones where Cooper was in the like, you know, 20, 25 range, you know, a like top freshman list that has, you know, would have him in the teens or whatever. But there, the NBA is not going to just give the benefit of the doubt to a Sharif Cooper sized point guard. Like he is going to have to come in and basically immediately set the SEC on like right. not just fire skyscraper flames like billowing everywhere. Like that's going to be the kind of impact he's going to have to have. Like basically immediately, I think, uh, to justify coming out this season. Now you know you you never know, um, and you know kind of the sure. same thing with Powell where. He's just not creating his own shot enough yet for me to say, oh, well, yeah, he's going to worm his way under like the first round of the NBA draft this year. Like he is coming from so far off the radar and like we saw it today uh, against App State where he had the one sort of pull up in the first half where, you know, it's just kind of a long two where he said, OK, I'm going to take one dribble you know, to the side and pull up and launch. And he just still doesn't look comfortable doing that, which is what. Yeah, he's not a good dribble shooter at all. I don't think yeah, he's taken yeah, a three-pointer off the dribble this season so far. Uh, he's he's taken a few off the dribble. He's taken a couple, but not like at a level that I think the NBA oh, would say, sure. well, we're going to take the freshman two guard who's like shooting 50% from three is like obviously incredible. Like his stroke is mind-blowing. But if you're shooting 50% from three this far into the season, it's also an indication that you're not taking difficult shots. Like, in, you know, everybody on Auburn Twitter is like, oh, well, Justin, you need to shoot more because he needs to shoot more. Like, yeah. just, yeah. you know, take <laughs> shots that feel comfortable, but even some of the ones that are not comfortable. You know, actually, if you shoot 45% from three in some ways – you know, if that volume is going up, that's better than shooting 50% from three. So, you yeah. know, I think Powell and Cooper have still, you know, never say never, but I think the road to getting themselves into the likely first round selection range that would justify coming out after a single year uh, for both of them still strikes me as, you know, pretty unlikely. Yeah, I, I I agree with that. I, I actually think Powell is, has a likelier shot than Sharif. Yeah, what's Sharif's listed height? Six foot. Yeah, never mind. He's not leaving up yeah, this year. That, that's, why, that's why I'm saying he's six foot tall. Like, if he were 6'3", yeah. and he just came in and played decently, he could probably go. Right. If, um, but he's six foot like I said, he if he score if he comes in and he averages thirty points a game in the SEC he can go and they'll I mean I can't remember and I I'm a, in an NBA draft guy and I don't remember the last one and done or even high school sub six yeah. one unless it, I mean I think Sebastian Telfair is the only one I can really remember but uh, sub six one Chris, Chris Paul's like six foot right he played more than one he year two, didn't he? he played yeah. two years yeah wait yeah. John Wall, 6'4". Trey Young would be six feet, probably. Like, definitely, I mean, he's not a tall guy at all. Did he play he two averaged years? Like, he averaged, like, 25 points a game, though, right? Like, right. He, That's perfect. Like, Cooper to come in and, and like, average a, like, 24 points yeah. and 11 assists 
came on three points in the face of quadruple teams. Shooting from Um, the logo. Yeah. That's what young. I think we lose a lot of games if that happens. At that height. Um, I think we lost Jack. Uh Oh, no, he's still there for me. Well, I don't see a picture of him. He's muted all of a sudden. He is Um, muted. But I, Jack, are you alive? You're back, Jack. I'm here. Cool. Okay. Let's take a quick break. Jack, this break is occurring at the 35-minute, 25-second mark. Thank you. <laughs> and we're back 35 minutes and 32 seconds into this podcast. Um, this is the Christmas Variety Show special podcast in which we've got special guests Jerry Hinnon of The War Eagle Reader and CBS Sports and other things, including Auburn Twitter, the Internet's own. Jerry Hinnon is on with us, we've got Will McLaughlin, Dr. McLaughlin of the McLaughlin Group here as well. As I called you, I called him earlier, the uh, the harbinger of hoops, the ghost of hoops must present. Will, who does Auburn play next in basketball? Because this is a basketball podcast. It's really a soccer yeah. podcast, but we'll get into that later. <laughs> so after after today's game with App State, uh, Auburn's taking about a couple days off for Christmas. Uh, going to regroup and uh, get ready for SEC play because uh, it's here. Uh, Arkansas is next, next Wednesday. It's the SEC opener. Uh, Arkansas is undefeated. Uh, they finished their non-conference play today. So this is actually going to be their really first tough game, quite frankly, because their non-conference schedule just hasn't been great, which is not all their fault. They had some games that they were supposed to play that got canceled due to COVID. So, um the Arkansas game is going to be a litmus test for not only Arkansas, but definitely Auburn. Definitely see where both the programs are at at this point um, next Wednesday in Auburn Arena. What's the television for that? Uh, I believe it's ESPN2. That doesn't matter for me. I watch it on the app. It's, all, it's always <laughs> ESPN app, whatever it is. Yeah. It's... American Jaden Sancho scored for uh, for Dortmund today and Matt Hummels in our 2-0 victory is, over Braunschweig. It's his first goal of the season for Dortmund. And the, uh, it was in the DFB Pokal, Ryan. It's a huge Jack, game. how long do we have to let them go uh, on soccer? They get five more seconds. Oh, well, Everton is in the top four Ugh. during the Christmas period. So eat that, everybody. Anyway. Done. Okay. <laughs> All right. Auburn soccer had a signing day, and they uh, actually went extremely well since our last podcast. That's great. Yeah, and I, I really, again, they raided the great state of Texas for a lot of recruits. As well, they got usual. a back man there now. Did Brian Hardison help out? No, but – uh, did help out. But Son of Crow was, is here now. Yeah, Although Son I didn't make my way down to Spring or Klein. They got two got two two gals from Spring and Klein, Texas, which is a, a nice way of saying the good parts of Houston. And, oh, uh, and what about Sugarland? Yeah, they didn't give me any kids from Sugarland. Yeah, also got a gal from Montgomery, Texas, which is also a Houston suburb. Um, and so three Houston kids, a Brentwood Academy kid, a a, a gal from Decula, Decula, Georgia, Dracula, Georgia, Decula, 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 Decula. That, that, that's no, my neck of the woods. I'm yeah. going with Dracula. I like Dracula. Hometown right. of Kenny Irons. You can go with Dracula. They got it is, and David, David Irons. Irons. Yeah, well, both. They got a Brentwood Academy, a Greer, South Carolina gal from Riverside High School, and the Carolina Elite Soccer Academy, which is a pretty good little club team. 
Um, actually, I'm pretty excited about this signing. K Hop's putting in work. She really did, and the um, the gal from Klein was on the same club team as two current Auburn soccer tigers. Oh, um, so we kind of have a a bit of a pipeline. AOT so, pipeline. So that's our situation. Yeah, yeah. Challenge SC in in Houston is kind of the new AOT for. Soccer. Every time I think AOT, I think Auburn Opelika Tourism, and I can't get Me it out. Me too. Yeah. Me too. That's what it is at this point. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, she was. It's the cooler, by the way. I have to look it up. It's no, cool. I, I, it's Kula. I know it is. Like, I used to play against them in baseball all the time. Okay, well, we'll, no. we'll trust no, you. It's, it's Dacula. <laughs> Dacula. Are they the, were they the vampires? Because if they yeah, weren't, no, missed no, opportunity. I believe they were the Wildcats. Oh, come on. I'm going to be with Duluth. I always get them and Duluth backwards. Oh, no, Dacula's right. the Falcons. Um, he was the Falcons. Come on, be the Bats or something, man. You got Leighton Glisson is a name to watch for Auburn. She is from Dacula, that- Georgia. <laughs> Was a three-star player according to Top Door Soccer and was a part of the Olympic Development Program, the ODP State Team, and the U.S. Youth Soccer National Training Camp invite. She also has the school record for her high school in the 200, 4x1, and 4x4 and long jump. An athlete. So she is a talented um, midfielder. Is that right? No, forward. Talented forward. She scores goals for fun. So, Can we rewind to basketball and talk about Dylan Cardwell? Because I, I really wanted to talk about yeah, him. Yeah, we can talk about Auburn's awesome. <laughs> Auburn Sean May. That's what I'm calling him. Uh, I, I think he maybe should be the starting five now, uh, if not before the end of the season. So what would be your starting five? Because I don't think you're sitting Jalen, are you? No. Uh, no. Sharif, he can be the four. J.P., <laughs> or the three. You can move Jalen to the three. So Sharif, JP, Jalen at the three. Thor. Thor at the four. Cardwell. Cardwell. What about Flanagan? You're not starting on Flanagan? I don't think it's the best player on the team right now, man. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Maybe he's your starting one. <laughs> so, no, Sharif is the one. Oh, Sharif. <laughs> Sorry, you're, you're saying Sharif. Sorry. Are, I was, we, uh, I are we stashing Sharif. Sharif like we did Jalen last year? We'll play yeah, in the last five games. Right. Yeah, Jerry, I don't know if you realize that the uh, opinion of this podcast was that Jalen Williams is a secret one and done player that Bruce stashed to keep him from going pro. <laughs> well, that's a perfect sensible position. So yeah, because <laughs> all mean, of a sudden he came in the end like, of the year and was incredible. <laughs> but wait a minute, he's such a like nice, humble kid that I like. He was probably just like, okay, coach. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, you're not good enough. He's like throwing alley oops to himself and practice. No, <laughs> you know what? Need some more time on the playbook. <laughs> no, I, I, well, I think maybe Thor goes to the bench in that case if you play Cardwell at the five um, and, and Jalen. I, I, and I know Thor's been really good. I mean, we just have too many good players. I mean, I, I think at this point, Cardwell is still on the bench because he's got the Austin Wiley foul bug where he's not going to play more than 20 minutes a game. Yeah. As the uh, president guys, and founder of the JT Thor fan club, I cannot allow this slander of JT Thor to happen. Well, he is starting. He's, he's, he's starting to get uh, a lot better. He, he's coming on, too. I, I don't think anyone on this team uh, from game one to now has improved as much as Dylan Cardwell has, though. Uh, he, I think uh, you're right. Yeah, some, I think he's he has that Javon McCormick. In him, in which he just needed, yeah. he needs more oh, time. He, he against, did not look ready. No. He looked like a f- straight up freshman when he when he first got out there, uh, and and now he's he's dunking on people like just left and right. I and, think. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. 
it strikes me as a good idea with the possible exception. If we're bringing Cooper in, we want to keep the lane open, and Thor can space to the three-point line and give Cooper a Jared Harper-esque runway to the rim that, uh, you know, Hardwell's, I agree, like, been sensational. Um, I love the aneurysms of energy he has provided <laughs> here, like, conference games. Like, uh, if you are this pumped for the second half against Texas Southern, man, I just... Like in in some ways, I'm almost fearful to see what happens. Like, what does what happens when Dylan Carter scores he needs a sold out on, arena. Uh, against Alabama next year? Like, does he just atomize? Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 To, like that, does, yeah. that was exactly my question. Like, what happens when actual? He goes super cyan. He's like that that yeah. uh, that gif of the. Uh, of the Mexico national team coach as he just continues <laughs> to gesture. He starts turning into flames. <laughs> like I, that is exactly what I think will actually happen. Um, so also I like having that kind of energy on the bench. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a small cliche that you want the energy guys off the bench. Uh, but I think it's kind of true, like, when you get further into the game, the more you need that spark. I mean, it's cliche as it gets, but, like, you need someone to come onto the court and keep the energy level at the same as it was to begin the game. Um, and so it's easier to have that coming off the bench than starting. So for both the Cooper reasons and the energy reasons, as much as I am enjoying the Dylan Cardwell experience, uh, which I think we all are. Um, I, I, I think he's doing okay on the bench. I, I just think Cooper, Powell, Flanagan, um, Williams, Thor yeah, is that's it. just an incredible five. Like, that five can do just about everything. Like, Williams and Thor can protect the rim. You know, Williams, if he's going to shoot the way we saw today, um, you know, everybody in that lineup can stretch the floor. Uh, you know, and then you've got Johnson and Cardwell and everybody else stretch coming off the bench. That's, that, that's a, that's a fearsome, fearsome rotation. Uh, if you were asking me. Yeah, I, I agree with pretty much all that. I, and I think, uh, Cardwell probably, uh, compliments Flanagan running the point better too, to, to build on that. Um, so yeah, that. That all sounded perfect to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think one of the the things that that Jerry hit on is like Auburn especially has always had the energy guy off the bench. Yeah, under Bruce Pearl, the Malik Dunbar factor. Yeah, this guy makes Malik and Horace look downright calm and boring. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I think I think you know those guys end up being the fan favorite. Because yeah. they're not asked to do a whole heck of a lot. The guys who are asked to do a whole heck of a lot have a lot higher threshold to become the fan favorite. Because they have more opportunities to fail, though. You look at a, yeah. you look at Austin Wiley, for instance. He never had the love of the Auburn fan base that Malik Dunbar had because he was expected to be the savior of the basketball program when he when he the immediately when he signed. Whereas Malik Dunbar had no expectations, came in, dunked on people, blocked shots, stood over guys sang in the locker room, and everyone <laughs> loved him. Yeah. I mean, hashtag classic Malik 
was sort of ambiguous for a reason and that yeah. it could be good. <laughs> it could be good or bad. <laughs> he, yeah. he could he could try to dunk from the foul line and horribly miss it, and that's still classic Malik. Yeah. 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 <laughs> or he could we, just throw the ball to no one at all. Classic Malik. I, have a well, I think I think Dylan has a little bit of uh, a little bit of shack in him as well, where he's gonna make some plays that are uh, only a big guy can be that clumsy, I think. Oh, you mean like Shaq in a fool type place? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He, he might dive into the uh, like next year. He's going to dive into the scholarship seats <laughs> and take somebody out. I'm excited about that. I'm. I am. Um, I want to say. Uh, I want to circle back now, back to the the reason, the impetus for this. Oh yes. Amazing podcast that we're we're recording right now. The Brian Harson. Oh, I thought we already talked soccer. I thought you were. Oh, right. Well, yeah, we can get into Man City's destruction of Arsenal in the Carabao Cup today. But uh, I wanted to talk a little bit more about the fact that uh, the coach at Auburn was the tutor of the coach, the offensive coordinator of the Dallas Cowboys. I know where you're going with this. When he was on the job and the Cowboys sucked this year. Although they still have a playoff opportunity, so they're like four and ten. I know, I know, but they're not out of the playoff <laughs> yet because the East is horrible. What are the odds Kellen Moore comes on as offensive coordinator? I'd be excited about that. I've seen that Boise State. Uh, that would be a good hire for Boise State. Yeah, for next coach, that makes a lot more sense. That's but that's boring. way more boring than Kellen Moore coming to Auburn. I'll tell you what's not boring is that there's already a drunk Coach Harson Twitter account. Of course, of stop. Doing this, we don't need any more drunk coach. We don't need any more civil war coach. Yeah, uh, we don't need any of this evil coach. These are only dumb. drunk. Probably. We had yeah. the, the one is good. That's it. Mm. Civil war. Brian is going to follow me in the next twenty minutes. I guarantee it. <laughs> I'll bet and you, drunk Brian's already following. He already me as well. does. He already does. Yep. I wonder. For actual people creating these, or if like they have just started spontaneously generating yeah. like on these Twitter, are, these are all AI. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but the first a, person they follow the soon as nerd, so like, like, yeah, like I hope it's they not just, just nerd, you know, spirits within the machine basically just like, oh, somebody got hired at an Auburn or some other large, well followed college football program and just here is drunk coach harson just like spontaneously out of the muck like you know it's like the guy that way um, clawed up all the, the different dark well jerry you, got, you went robot voice <laughs> we got robot voice jerry I was gonna say it's it could be like the guy that uh, bought up all the domains for the different uh, new nicknames for the Washington football team, you know. And there's yeah. somebody that yeah. just buys up like or like just makes drunk. There's probably like a junk, drunk Jim Tressel Twitter account yeah. somewhere that's just waiting to unleash for the right day. Now, Jim James, right now, James. Right now, James Jones is just at the house trying to delete his his uh, World War II Brian Harson account that he made. It's gonna compare everything to Battle of Stalingrad. He's so mad at us. He's so upset with what, what we're talking about. <laughs> All right. So, Jerry, thanks for coming on today. It was fantastic. Absolutely. To have My you. pleasure, guys. 
Yeah, you, even if the soccer discussion did not include Huddersfield Town, I accept that. Up the town. Um, it's all right. Up the town, absolutely. Anyways, it's been great, guys. Thanks so much. Yeah. Talk to you later. Yeah. So they- all right. Uh, I wanted to also um, – I kicked him out. I kicked Jerry out of the call. <laughs> Um, is the call is, the, is it still recording? Or? Yeah, I wanted to okay. also talk a little bit more about I, I, a little bit more. I don't want to have Jerry on wasting his time all night. This podcast is already wasting everybody else's time. Um, <laughs> do, do we get to, to talk about Dan Mullen now, or do we have to wait on that? Nah. Oh, I was going to ask you a question about Dan Mullen. So he's got is a show. Is he a loser? He's, yes. <laughs> he's got a show <laughs> cause. First yeah. of all, is he the first sitting coach of an SEC division? champion to get a show cause while the reigning division champion i think he might be i feel like it's a question for drew mack drew mack yeah you're listening if you're listening if you're listening is dan mullen the first coach to get a show cause while also being the coach of the sitting division champions of an sec division all right so uh, i'm going to read a little a, a paragraph out of the great jason caldwell column about the new head coach yeah do it he says first of all i think auburn ended up with a very good football coach in brian harson (laughs) a player at boise state to get harson to come to auburn and leave his alma mater was a very big deal with an extensive extensive history of coaching the broncos and most notably tutoring kellen moore on the job during harson's tenure as the offensive coordinator in boise the broncos were 61 and 5 Overall, his offenses helped build Boise State into what it was and beat Oklahoma and TCU and BCS bowl games. That's a strong base to build from as a coordinator, and he has done more as a head coach. He has won as a head coach and won a bunch of games in both Arkansas State and Boise State. That's important. The things that intrigues me the most about Harson is something more than wins and losses. It's his ability to work with and develop quarterbacks. Ladies and gentlemen. Ooh. Is Bo Nix going to be good next year? Or is Auburn going to have a hot shot young Texan calling plays or running the show next year? I don't know. I, be, I would bet it's Bo Nix, but uh, we'll see. I still think Bo Nix can be a good quarterback. Yeah, I am too. not off that boat yet. I, I, I think he can too. But We're starting just, to sound like uh, the LSU SB Nation account and the Valley <laughs> Shook talking about uh, – who was it? It was Joe. It was Joe Burrow, wasn't oh. it? Oh well, hey, you know, if he turns into Joe Burrow, two years yeah. ago, the yeah. year before yeah. Joe Burrow, they were like tweeting hashtag like Joe Burrow is a good quarterback because everyone was dogging him. Oh, well, okay, no, you're thinking of Danny Etling. That's right, Danny Etling. That's right. I thought. No. And hey, he played for the Patriots. It to was, be fair, Joe Burrow also fifty <laughs> percent okay. passes before he came into Jordan Hare and beat us. So, yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. A member yeah, of this then, podcast called him and not then very became good. Became Joe Burrow off of the yeah. back of that game. Yeah, yeah. So you're you're what you're welcome, but Bo I won't have the opportunity to do that. He can't yeah. become Joe Burrow. Although I think we've probably lost some games based on Bo's performance, so he has beaten us. But I think he can. Uh, yes, I think he can be a good quarterback. I think he can. The problem with Bo is that he's either. Like doing something like juking out three guys and escaping a sack and running for a touchdown, <laughs> or he's overthrowing Seth Williams by 15 yards. It's it, there's there's no in between. There's no medium bow. 
It's, yeah. But I, like, he's shown no that he has the skill set, set, though. So yeah. I guess my question is, it, it's a development problem at this point. Is he behind where Jason Campbell was at the end of his sophomore year? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, don't, I didn't see that. Not, I mean, Jason <sighs> Campbell's sophomore year was pretty good. We finished that year yeah. pretty awesome. Was his junior year that was bad? Yeah, junior year was 2003. That was the null Singer. He still he split time with Daniel Cobb the forever too. So yeah, until a, until three. I want to talk about something more important about this coaching search than the X's and O's. Maybe something even more important than Bo Nix. Um, oh. I want to talk about every single thing that went on about this coaching search, sounding like it needed its own multi-part podcast series. And I want to talk about the Board of Trustees, Alan Green, and the power, the PTB, as they're called. And maybe all of it was all made up the whole time. Because well, people are now reporting. Everything, not are, everything was made up, though. People are That's now reporting that Alan Green did his job and went out and hired a guy he wanted and – sorted through serious candidates and got to somebody that nobody saw coming and that none of the things that Auburn Twitter kept saying were fact. And by Auburn Twitter, I mean people reposting things from message boards on Auburn Twitter. Um, like the fact that we, well, Bill Clark, Bill Clark turned Auburn down. That, no pay sites would ever make anything up to get clicks and stir crap up online. Crow. I don't come yeah. on. What I love I mean, about this is that is that in the incredible Jason Cogwell column, he talks about, contrary to what you've heard and read, Auburn never offered the job to Billy Napier. And this is written on a pay site? Well, <laughs> it's a pay site that uh, takes itself seriously. Right. Uh, or a writer that takes himself seriously. And – because I believe other people on maybe the same site. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're saying right. the opposite of this, mm-hmm. um, and and like the idea that coaches were being told who they could and couldn't hire or bring with them on their staff. Apparently, that was absolutely false, and people were reporting that as if it was the gospel truth. Well, if if there's anything that that backs up what uh, um, Jason Caldwell has, has said about this and, and a few others, it's that um, I don't think we just rushed to Brian Harson today. And we're like, well, crap, this is, we got to, let's yes. just offer it to this guy. Like yeah. he was probably offered the job yesterday. Yeah. Um, and today it got done. And um, there's other candidates that were interviewed and, and pursued um, Brent Venables, which it was uh, had moved to number one on my list and was number one on uh, a nerds list the whole time, I believe um, was, I think maybe the primary target. Um, you know, I think there may be something to the Kevin Steele thing uh, where some people intended to just install him as head coach here. Um, but, uh, appropriate actions were taken and our actual search was done. So that was headed off and, and people did their jobs. Mm. Um, but at the same time, I, I know that within our Slack there, especially early on, there was some, uh, 
doubt that Kevin even really wanted to be the head coach at Auburn. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And I'm sort of wondering if that's just been the case the whole time. Um, that that wasn't really his goal ever. So, um, I mean, we've been looking at, you know, and it's kind of been the, I don't know, maybe more than a rumor for years and pretty much ever since he came back to the state of Alabama that he only wanted to be here so that he could get vested in state retirement, which if that's kind of the thing that hangs over your head, it doesn't seem like you want to take on the Auburn football head coaching job. Sure. I think, uh, I think maybe you, you get more money if you're the head coach here for about five years, (laughs) then you're going to get more money out of your retirement. But But like, that uh, seems like a, that it always seems like not a Kevin Steele move based on the Kevin Steele that we kind of were led to believe existed at Auburn that all of a sudden, at 62 years old, after not being head coach since the George W. Bush administration, he was going to go, whoa, 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 it's me. Let's do this thing. It's kind of believable only in if you think about, well, maybe he wanted to give it one more shot before he, he hangs it up. And yeah. So I get that. Um, but, you know, maybe he would have tried for some more lower down jobs uh, if that was the case. Yeah. You wouldn't jump right into competing against Georgia and Alabama in the same – like. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff, a lot of character assassination of Kevin Steele that was not great. Um, yeah, there, uh, there was a, a former popular sports writer that I think got a little bit out over his skis and stirred a lot of stuff up online. Uh, and uh, I, I think he had a source, and I think he may have filled in some things on his own that were not uh, quite true. Um, and he's still pretty angry about it. <laughs> there are, I will say Auburn has got a good mix of kind of the spectrum of modern media. Sure. And I would say like, you've got some guys, like I mentioned him, Jason, if Jason, my, I put on Twitter today and it's the truth. My policy has always been if Mark Murphy or Jason, Jason Call will say it, it's the truth. And I believe it. And I'll throw sure. Ferguson in there too. If you hear oh, yeah. it from one of those three dudes, then that's what that's the way that it happened. Well, and and the, the other two deal in a in a realm of of rumor to a degree. Yeah. Anyway, Ferg doesn't really, so he, he's more of a hard hard news dude. So you can pretty much take whatever he says. Um, before I forget, let's not forget who broke this story today. Yeah. Is he going to appear in the mirror if we say it? Times? <laughs> yeah. 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 Peter Thamel. I mean, who's talking to him? That's how you know. That's how you know it was Alan Green that yeah, made the call. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, there's I think no other person who was here. I think Thamel's based in New York. Alan Green is in Buffalo. So <laughs> yeah. So. Well, let's leave the let's leave the wild speculation to Mister Wild Speculation, Ryan Stanley. <laughs> yeah, no joke. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I, uh, that was weird. That was a weird thing. Weird guy to break it. But as you were saying, yeah, th- those are the three people that you can trust. Uh, the, the Murphy, Caldwell, Ferguson. Well, um, I think we saw in a lot of this uh, that a lot of people have sources that may not be as solid as they were led to believe. I think Because that, I do think a lot of the reporting wasn't, not all of it, but I think a lot of it wasn't intentionally misleading. I, I think I it was people some, trusting their sources that actually didn't know as much as they thought they did. Well, I think there is some intentional misleading by some, some of sources. it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. But not not necessarily by the by the. Uh, I know I think I've some of called, the reporters got got. 
I know I've called a beat writer uh, specifically a, a, a liar on this show. <laughs> I, I think some people got got, as Ryan just put it. Um, uh, uh, the Bill Clark stuff, I truly believe was Bill Clark and people around Bill Clark doing things to one, make Auburn try to make Auburn look bad and two, try to make him look good for turning down big old Auburn to stay with plucky little UAB little, little recruiting action. You can't blame a guy for trying to do a little, little recruiting magic there. No. So, but I, I do think he probably also had due to his past, um, some wanted to give Auburn a little bit of a black eye. Um, I, I also think there are people who have an interest in making Auburn look bad, uh, especially the board of trustees, um, which let's face it or not there. <laughs> they have a record. It goes back a long time since we've seen anything too crazy. That being Jetgate, But um, it's easy to, it's easy to believe that Auburn would have done some of the things that we heard just based on how they've acted in the past. This is true. And I, I think that something that we have to remember as well is that it gets easy to get wrapped up in all the Twitter and internet rumor and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, despite what you hear about the, the board of trustees and, and all this crazy stuff, and even Jetgate, Auburn just doesn't rashly get rid of coaches. We're not shuffling sure. through them. We're not doing that. I mean, Gus was here for eight years. You know, Chiswick was here for what? Five, four, five, four. But again, you know, you have an apocalyptic season that ends it. Tuberville was here for a decade. Bowden was here for several years. I was here for more than a decade. So we've had 12, six, 10, four, eight is how it goes. Yeah, that is five coaches. Alabama had five coaches like named Mike. And <laughs> so that, that's the thing is that Auburn doesn't just do this rashly, no matter how wild the board of trustees may seem. And no matter who you think is like, oh, we've got these, you know, old power players all vying for position in this weird game. It's like maybe that's just not happening. Um, I don't know if we'll ever really know the truth about the last 10 days or so, but um I think you can kind of parse through some of the information and, and, and pick out what's clearly false at this point. I think there was some chicanery, but not nearly as much chicanery as uh, what uh, what has been portrayed. There had to be some chicanery to get rid of Gus at this yeah, point. Especially when they did it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's kind of like Tiger King where, you know, maybe the story isn't as interesting as we want it to, to, to believe it is. Mm. Who who is the Tiger King in this situation? This scenario, uh, who got who's killed their who killed their husband and fed into tigers in this situation? Uh, I think Jimmy we were, Rain. Jimmy Rain. I'm never going to financially recover from this. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, it's been an amazing trip through the last couple of days of the Auburn experience. I think for, for me, yesterday was just the biggest roller coaster of it all because I had just been assuming it was going to be Kevin Steele the whole time. And then yesterday, I woke up thinking, oh man, I, I convinced myself that Billy Napier was the man for the job. And uh, for those of you that can't see this, which is everyone, Jack is frozen on my screen, about to kiss his dog. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, just doing by white things. Not, not about <laughs> to do. By, by, <laughs> by midday, uh, I, uh, was sick to death 
<laughs> that we were about to hire Bill Clark. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, you could have told me we were hiring Scott Leffler at about uh, 11 p.m. yesterday, and I would have felt better about that than than that, than how I felt earlier in the day. So yeah. uh, whole roller coaster of emotions yesterday, and then we get our coach today. It's pretty pretty solid stuff. Merry Christmas. It is it is a Merry Christmas now, finally. Indeed. <laughs> Instead, we ended up blue, everybody. Hopefully, the new coach doesn't paint the field. Or maybe he will. Who knows? Inside and outside, orange. Ryan. Ryan orange. There's no way Ryan knows this song or has ever heard it before. I heard it. He was born when this came out. Barely. I think this, this is about 98, right? All right. Thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next week, maybe. Oh, no. Oh, no.